0: Today on Bold Steps, Mark Job helps us get unstuck by taking the first step.
1: Your faith will tell you step out. Your fear will tell you what if things go wrong. Your faith will tell you obey God. Your fear will tell you, well, you better follow your own conceived ideas because what if God's way doesn't work out? It's the pool of faith and the pool of fear.
0: Welcome to Bold Steps with Mark Job. Mark is senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago, and he's also the president of Moody Bible Institute. This series, Unstuck, has been a great series, Mark, and we've reached the finale here today. What's ahead?
1: We have. This is the very last message, and I think it's fitting that for the last message, it's entitled, Take the First Step. Mm-hmm. And in this message, we're going to tackle the topic of As you get out of the cave, there has to be a first step out. And usually it's a bold step. It's the beginning of a journey, but there's got to be a step that you know you've taken. It's a significant one, and we're going to talk about it in this message.
0: Let's take this bold step together. Here's Mark.
1: So this message today is all about the first step. Uh, I could have entitled this message, Baby Steps. But this is about the first step because some of you have a step that you really need to take not your first step in life but your first step to get unstuck and with the story of elijah getting out of his cave and getting unstuck i'm going to give you three things you really need to know about taking the first step because oftentimes i've discovered that people myself included we get stuck in this process of the fear of taking the first step. In 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 15, the Lord said to Elijah, go back the way you came and go to the desert of Damascus. And in the verse 19, there are three important words that I want you to write down. I want you to remember these three words. The Bible says, so Elijah went. So Elijah went from there and found Elijah. This is a very small phrase, but it has important implications. Because the implication here is that Elijah did not just consider the word of God. He did not marinate on the word of God. He didn't just draw out a plan or pray about it. But there came a time where Elijah had to do what you and I have to do. He had to take a step of action. So Elijah went. Now, over the time, I've discovered that some people learn enough to make a change, but never take the first step. Uh, Some people read the fitness book and underline the workout plan, but they never join the gym or start walking around Midway Airport. Uh, some of us read the, the plan of how to prepare for retirement, but we never put away our first check to save. Uh, some of us read the blog on how to buy the first house, but we never really take the step to do it. Uh, some of you have been planning out your vacation to Italy for many, many years, but you never actually take any steps to do it. Some of you have been wanting to learn Spanish for a long time and you always say, one day I'm gonna learn Spanish, but you never take the first step to do it. Uh, Some of you have a guitar in your bedroom that you've planned on learning how to play for a long time because you envision yourself one day in your room around the Bible with your devotion, singing praise songs to God, but you never have taken the first step to do it. So you have a lot of plans, a lot of ideas, but you haven't taken the first step. And any plan or idea that has no action to it is just a dream, but it will never take root in reality until we take a first step to make it happen. Without the first step, the journey does not start. So here are three insights that you need to keep in mind to overcome the fear of taking the first step. I want you to jot this down. Number one, first steps never seem to come at the perfect time or with the ideal conditions. In your mind, you say, I'm gonna take the first step, but you know, it's not quite the right timing. You've been waiting for the perfect weather, oh yeah, Oh, I'm going to start walking, believe me. I have my outfit, and it matches. And my shoes, they're really great. But it was a little hot today, a little cold yesterday. Hey, there's 20% chance of rain, and I don't want to be caught in a rainstorm. It never seems to be quite the right condition. I'm feeling a little sluggish today. I have to get up early tomorrow. There's some new neighbors that moved in the block. They may see me. I don't want them to see me this way. There's never the ideal time to start. There's always an excuse when you're looking for an excuse. And some of us have been making excuses about taking the first step for a long time because it never seems quite like the right time or the ideal condition. I think of... The story in scripture of a man by the name of naaman naaman was a military commander that ended up having leprosy you'll find this story in second kings chapter 5. he knew that he had a problem on his hands and he knew that he needed a solution that he could not find in the natural so he went to the supernatural and through a little servant girl that lived in his house he discovered that there was a man of god the successor of Elijah, whose name was Elijah, that had the power to heal. And so he took his entire patrol with him and he traveled to see Elijah. And in his mind, he had this expectation about how he was going to be healed and what would happen and what the ideal circumstances and timing and situation would be. And so he approaches Elijah and Elijah doesn't even come out to greet him. The Bible says that Elijah said to him, I want you to go to the river Jordan and I want you to dip yourself in the river seven times. And so Naaman was mad about the solution that the man of God had offered. And the Bible tells us that he became angry. Naaman was angry and went away saying, behold, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call upon the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the place and cure the leper. Are not Abana and Pharpar the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them to be clean? So he turned and he went away in rage. You see, the prophet had said, God is asking you to go and dip yourself in the river for seven times. He had to take a step in order to experience his healing. But he didn't think the circumstances were ideal. He thought that the river in Israel was dirtier than the rivers that he had come from. He was unwilling to take a step because it just didn't seem like the right timing and the right situation. And it was dirty and He had to do it seven times and his soldiers would be looking at him. It wasn't the right time. It wasn't the ideal conditions. And so he refused to take the first step until people around him talked him into taking the first step. Now some of you have had good friends, mature believers in Jesus that have been telling you what what I'm trying to tell you right now and you've been ignoring their voices. How many of you know that sometimes we need to listen to some good godly counsel around us? And finally, he grudgingly agreed, and so he went and he dipped himself into the river once, nothing happened. A second time, and nothing happened. A third time, and nothing happened. And the seventh time when he came out, suddenly, what God had told him to do resulted in the cleansing of his leprosy because he had to take the first step of obedience. Let me tell you, life is varying degrees of risk. Any step of faith that you take will have some risk in it. You cannot step out of the cave without taking on a degree of risk in your life. That is the first step of every journey will be filled with some anxiety, some uncertainty, and some not ideal situations. Think about Elijah for a second. God was asking Elijah to step out of the cave and go back to the place where people were looking to kill him. That was not ideal. There was a queen with a lot of power that was looking to take his life. He could have said, I'm gonna wait in the cave until the storm passes over, until she's forgot about me. But God said, no, I know it doesn't seem like the ideal time, but there'll always be an excuse for you to stay in the cave that you're in. I want you to take the first step, Elijah. Number two, not only are most steps not in perfect conditions, and not always the ideal timing. But the first step involves moving in our greatest faith towards the center of our greatest fear. Elijah, do you remember why Elijah ran to the cave? Because he was afraid. Now God was telling him to walk out of the cave and go back to the place that he was most afraid of. God was asking him to stir up his greatest faith to step towards His greatest fear faith and fear are the two polarizing effects that influence and tug you one direction or the other your faith will tell you step out your fear will tell you what if things go wrong your faith will tell you obey God your fear will tell you well you better follow your own conceived ideas because what if God's way doesn't work out? It's the pull of faith and the pull of fear. Let me give you a picture that I think will help you in this. Elephants are trained a certain way. If you've gone to a circus, you've seen these huge two-ton animals that respond to the commands of a trainer that's much smaller than them. But you will notice if you watch one of these animals that they have normally a shackle around their foot. And at the end of that shackle, there's a stake that's put in the ground. And these two-ton beasts stay shackled to a stake that they could easily just with one move of their foot pull out of. But they stay put, bound by that shackle, because they've been trained to believe that they cannot break from the power of that stake. Now, how, how does that happen? Well, you see, when an elephant is young, the shackle is placed on their leg to a very deep, strong stake. And that young little baby elephant Tug and they pull until their leg is bruised and it hurts them to pull. And they start realizing no matter how much I pull, no matter what I do, I cannot break free from this state. So after a while, that baby elephant gives into the thought that they can never break free from the state that is holding them. As they get older, they stop trying to break free. And a two-ton elephant can be held by a small stake because they don't try to take the first step to freedom because they have been conditioned to believe that they can never break free. Once this elephant accepts the limitation imposed on him, it becomes a permanent belief in his life. He lives his life thinking the stake is stronger than I am. Some of you are here today. And you've been trapped i don't know what experience has trapped you i don't know what conditioning as you grow up has kept you trapped but some of you are here and you feel i can never break free you have been conditioned to believe that i am bound forever that i can never break free that this will always be this way that i can never set myself free from this that has bound me you've been conditioned to believe that shame will always be guiding you. You've been conditioned to believe that the cave is your destiny. And so some of you have stopped trying to break out of the cave. But I'm here to tell you, there has to come a moment in time where we open up the blinds, we let the light come into darkness, we let the light of God invade that which is deceptive and lying. The lie is exposed. I'm here to tell you today, that by the power given to you, in the power of the Holy Spirit and in Jesus' name, that you have power to break out of everything that is holding you back that is not of God, that there's not a power on earth that can hold you back from what God has called you to. You have been called to freedom, not to the cave. I'm here to tell you that there is nothing that can hold you if God indwells you and sets you free. That's what I'm here to tell you. I'm here to tell you that you need to take the first step and believe God that you can take that first step. The enemy keeps us bound with fear. The Bible tells us that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Elijah's greatest fear was the fact that he would have to go face Jezebel, and that's exactly where God sent him. God said, I want you to go towards Jezebel. I want you to go back to the place that you ran from. I want you to face it. I want you to see it. I want you to stand under the pressure. I want you to know that what you fear the most, you can face with the power of God. Your greatest faith has to tackle the center of your greatest fear. I'm reminded in scripture of the story of a woman in Luke chapter 13. She was a woman that had been bent over for 18 years, severely bent over. Scripture tells us that the enemy had her bent over, physically bent over, and she was in the synagogue in a church setting much like ours. And in Luke chapter 13, Jesus walks into that synagogue And he says, and behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity for 18 years, and she was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him, and he said, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. This woman's greatest fear, because she was bent over and deformed, had to be the ridicule and shame that she would face as other people looked at her weakness And Jesus called her out of the crowd, did not let her hide in the back, but he called her forward and she had to take a first step towards Jesus. She had to face her greatest fears with her strongest faith in order for Jesus to touch her. And the Bible tells us that Jesus put his hands on her and immediately she was made straight for the glory of almighty God because she allowed her greatest faith to overcome her greatest fear. Proverbs three, five, and six says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Uh, To take your first step, you have to say, God, I'm going to trust you. My greatest faith will overcome my greatest fear because I trust you more than I fear my greatest fears. Number three, your first step forces us to cross lines that we cannot easily uncross. If that's even a word, I'm making it up today because I'm preaching. When you take a first step, you step out of a door and the door closes behind you. Oftentimes you can't get back in, but that's exactly what you want. You see, the reason we don't take first steps is that we know that once we've taken that step, it's hard to go back. You call that person up and say, I need to talk to you. You know that now they're going to say, all right, now, what do you want to talk about? And it's hard to backpedal out of that conversation that you've already started. You tell your boss, I need to talk to you because you're not going to lie for them anymore. And even if they fire you, you're not going to keep lying and be deceptive. And now you say, I need to talk to you about something that's very important. You've taken the first step. Now it's hard to go back when they say, okay, now what do you want to talk to me about? It's hard to say, well, you know, I don't really like the color of the carpet. No, 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 this is something important you, you said you want to talk about. When Peter jumped out of the boat to follow Jesus, it was hard to get back in the boat because he's already taken the first step. And most of us understand that what makes us tremble in fear is that we think, well, what if I take this first step and then I I need to return? Well, you need to know if you take a first step of obedience, you're going to have to trust God for the journey because there is no turning back. You're crossing a line to go forward. You're getting out of the cave and not going back. You see, Elijah stepped out of the cave and re-entered the territories he had run from there was no turning back he was leaving the safety and the protection of the cave to go to the uncertainty of the threatening of his life in the territory of Ahab and Jezebel When Elijah stepped out of the cave, he approached Elijah, inviting him to become his successor. He could not undo that. Once he had gone there, it could not be undone. And I love the fact of how Elijah calls Elijah. When Elijah, the prophet, went out of his cave, he went to find his successor. And I love this. In 1 Kings chapter 19, the last verse of this chapter, the Bible says, So Elijah, Elijah the apprentice who was calling, he was a farmer, Elijah the prophet went out of the cave and found a farm boy whose name was Elijah. And it says, so Elijah left him and went back, and he took his yoke of oxen and he slaughtered them, and he burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people and ate, and then he set out to follow Elijah who became his servant. Now, I don't know if you count that. But once Elijah called Elijah, Elijah said, I'm going to go. And he slaughtered the oxen and he burned his plow. So even if he wanted to go back to farming, he couldn't go back because he slaughtered the cow and burnt the plow. I didn't even plan that rhyme there, but I want you to notice that. (laughs) Slaughtered the cow and burnt the plow. You see, there's no turning back. He couldn't go back to farming. He burned his equipment. And he slaughtered his livelihood because he believed there's a call of God. There is no turning back once you've crossed the line, and that's what we're afraid of. God wants this commitment that says, okay, God, now I'm trusting you. Lord, what if I leave this relationship that I've been in for three years, and I know we have sex on the weekends, and I know this man doesn't really, he's not a man of God and doesn't want to really marry me in the end. And I know it's probably not the relationship that you want, but at least I'm in a relationship. And if I step out of this relationship, God, I'm going to be single when all my friends are getting married. And what if I end up alone, Lord? And, and what's going to happen? Lord, I'm not sure I want to step out of this relationship. Because what, what if I never find the ideal person? You got to step out and you got to trust God. You got to let go of your old security, the cave that you're in and say, God, I'm going to walk believing your word, that your way is better than my way, that your path is higher than my path. I'm going to trust you, Lord. Even if it gets hard, I'm going to still trust you, God. That's taking a first step. So at the end of this series, I'm wondering if there's a step that you need to take to get out of your cave. It's a first step of obedience. It's not the last step. It may be the beginning of a journey that's leading you to where God wants you to be. So I want to pray with you today, but I believe there are some first steps that need to be taken. Maybe some of you need to Finally, pick up that phone and call a marriage counselor because you know that unless you get help, your marriage is not going to survive. Maybe you need to pick up that phone and call a rehab center because you know that you've been postponing going to a rehab center to deal with your addiction for a long time. Maybe you need to pick up that phone and finally call that son or daughter of yours that The relationship has been rocky and you need to initiate, initiate the beginning of a healing of that relationship. I don't know what step it is for you, but if you have been stuck and God is calling you out of the cave, I know the first step is not an easy one. So let me pray. Father, I pray for that man, that woman that is just standing at the edge of the mouth of that cave. Lord, some of them have been in that cave for a long time. It feels daring, difficult, challenging to take that first step. But I pray God that you would push him beyond paralysis. I pray God that you would give them the courage today, today, to make that phone call, to have that conversation, to initiate that practical step of obedience, that journey towards healing, restoration, wholeness, Father, I pray in Jesus' name that this will be the first day of the first step towards your God-given destiny. And I pray this in Jesus' name.
0: Amen. Amen. And let us know of your decision. Now that we've reached the end of Mark's message series, you may want to request a copy of his book, Unstuck, out of your cave and into your call. You can do that with a gift of any size to Bold Steps at boldstepsradio.org. Give us a call with that gift at 844-615-7363, 844-615-7363. Or if you prefer to send your donation through the mail, our address is Bold Steps, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois 60610. And before we close, we want to make sure we remind you to subscribe to the Bold Steps podcast to get each of these daily Bible lessons downloaded automatically to your phone or smart device. Just open up the app store and search for Bold Steps with Dr. Mark Joe. Well, thanks for listening. I'm Wayne Shepherd, inviting you to join us again tomorrow when Mark speaks about the need for renewal in our spiritual lives. That's next time here on Bold Steps. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.